0: I'd just like to welcome everyone who's joining us via our live stream right now. Uh, this is just one part of our service here at Chelsea Community Church alongside City Temple. If you want to be part of the whole thing via Zoom, drop us an email. Uh, and if you'd like to come and join us in person, we meet each Sunday at 11 a.m. down here at Chelsea Community Church, and you are very, very welcome with us. If you have your Bible with you, we're going to turn to a couple of places. Acts chapter 1 and a couple of places in 2 and then 2 Corinthians chapter three. Before we read, let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is trustworthy and true, and I thank you that you still speak to us through your word today. I pray that you would do that now in the power of your Holy Spirit, and also that you'd allow your Holy Spirit to rest on me, that I can bring your word to your people, boldly and faithfully today, to the glory and honor of Jesus we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Acts chapter one, we start with verse six. So when they had come together, they asked Jesus, "'Lord, will at this time, "'will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel?' "'Jesus said to them, "'It's not for you to know the times or the seasons "'that the Father has fixed by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And then to Acts chapter two, verse one. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then down to 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And then to 2 Corinthians, chapter three. Paul writes here and he says, since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened, for to this day when they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. May God bless to us this reading from His holy word. God save our gracious queen. You all sitting? Long live our noble queen. God save the queen. Send her victorious, happy and glorious. Long to reign over us. God save the Queen. You can be seated. I can tell you're all Republicans because none of you stood up immediately. But, uh, you know, and it's great to have a national anthem that's a prayer. Because you can you can sing it in church. That's, you know, do you ever think about that? You know, it's, it's excellent. I'm so grateful for uh, Queen Elizabeth. I said Queen Victoria. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I'm an old guy. Uh, uh, I'm so gracious for Queen Elizabeth. And uh, I want to give you this quote. When she was 21 years old, or, or no, excuse me. This quote comes back uh, at a luncheon she gave at the Guildhall in 1977. She said this, when I was 21, I'm not even gonna begin to try to pretend to be like her. When I was 21, I pledged my life to the service of our people and I asked for God's help to make good that vow. Although that vow was made in my salad days, when I was green in judgment, I do not regret nor retract one word of it." not that tremendous? And that was a lot of years ago. I've already demonstrated my maths aren't very good this morning, so uh, you can figure out how long ago that was. Uh, that was at one of the other Jubilees uh, that uh, the queen was celebrating. And it's extraordinary, an extraordinary life, an extraordinary monarch. I don't know another person Globally, who has as much respect as the queen has. I mean, it's really, really extraordinary. And it's extraordinary to know that our queen loves Jesus and that she knows who the real monarch is and uh, his name is Jesus uh, or Jesus uh, or uh, uh, Jesus or any number of other ways you could say that. Uh, his name is Jesus and he's the king and the Lord. And it's amazing when... The queen made that vow. When she made that vow 70 years ago, goodness gracious. Uh, I hope I'll live to be 70 years, not you know, pastoring for 70 years. I just want to be alive that long. When she made that vow, you know, she had no idea of what lay ahead. She had no idea of what was going to come. She had no idea of all the changes that were going to happen. She had no idea that there would be 14 prime ministers uh, or so that uh, would serve under her. Uh, All the different presidents that she's met except Lyndon B. Johnson. She had no idea of all of that. When at 21 years old, she stepped forward to accept that call and that demand on her life. And she committed herself to the service not just of the people of the UK, but the service of God by serving the people of the UK. That was really extraordinary. But she has been able to serve so faithfully for so long because she had made herself ready. She had prepared herself, although she wasn't ready to step forward quite that early, she had prepared herself she had made herself ready, she had gotten ready for what was gonna come. And because of that, she has been able to serve faithfully now for 70 years. The Lord is saying to us, and has been saying to us these weeks, people get ready, people get ready, get ready. Because there's gonna have, we're gonna see much change turmoil, transition, and the expansion of God's kingdom coming by God's design and by God's authority and God's timing. But like the queen, we have no idea what it is. We have no idea exactly what lay before us because that's the way of God. Just like Jesus said to the, 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 the apostles, and the others that gathered with him said, okay, Jesus, we're ready. Let's go. Let's, let's take the kingdom back. Let's kick the Romans out. Let's restore the kingdom. Is it gonna happen now? And Jesus said, he said, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that God has fixed by his own authority. And it's not for us to know the times or seasons that God has fixed by his own authority, but he is saying to us, people get ready, get ready. Get ready for what is coming. And to get ready, to get ready for what is coming, we have to get right with God. To get ready, we have to get reconciled. To get ready, we have to get righteous. To get ready, we have to get reasonable. To get ready, we gotta get real. And to get ready, we need to get released by the Holy Spirit. But people, we need to get ready. And each of these themes that we've been talking about builds on the others. In other words, you're not gonna get released by the Spirit unless you get real. You're not gonna get real unless you get reasonable. You're not gonna get reasonable unless you get reconciled. You won't get reconciled, uh, well, you won't get reasonable unless you get righteous. You won't get righteous unless you get reconciled, and you won't get reconciled if you don't get right with God. They all build together, and we need to prepare ourselves We need to get ready because what is coming is going to be more tumultuous than we realize and that we've seen so far. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. But you know, I think there's three problems that we face as Christians and not just us here, but just in general, Christians are facing and I'm seeing these more and more. A couple of years ago, the Lord just told me to take a step back from my wider engagement with other churches, other ministries, and just watch and listen and learn. And over the last couple of years, I've just seen these things more and more and more and uh, more and more increasing. Most people, problem number one, most people, including a lot of leaders, don't see the big picture of what God is doing. They don't even have the capacity to see the big picture of what God is doing. Normally that would be the prophets, but I spent, uh, I don't know, close to 20 hours listening to prophetic voices right around the the first of the year. And aside from a couple of people, I thought, I don't think you guys are really hearing what God's saying. I don't think you really see what, what is happening. Now, the problem is we're not all gifted that way, but we all need to be sure that we're connecting with people and with churches that are gifted that way, and there's very few that are right in this moment. Another problem is that many leaders want to control the wrong things in the wrong ways. Now, let me tell you, every leader has to exercise control over some things. You now, here at, at uh, Chelsea Community Church, in a city temple, I'll exercise control. If I have somebody stand up and pray a heretical prayer, you better believe that I'll step forward and say, that was heresy and we're not gonna accept that because there are certain things I'm responsible to control. And if I don't control those things, then you should fire me, right? We put boundaries in place for a reason. But there's a lot, I was just talking to a sister on Friday and another another city altogether, who was just talking about how the the pastor of that church just micromanages everything. Said, you know, you can't talk to another person in the church about any kind of ministry thing unless you talk to me first. We don't do that, you know? So a lot of leaders are controlling the wrong things and they do it in the wrong ways. And the third problem that we're facing a lot is that many people want to do the right things in the wrong ways. I get all the time, over the years, many, many people have come up and they've had the right kind of thing on their heart, but they do it in the wrong way. They do it in their own authority, according to their own timing. They do it without consideration of the big picture, without even knowing the big picture, without even knowing everything that's going on. So we need to deal with these problems because they're going to increase in the, coming, in the coming years, and they are very dangerous in the season that we're about to enter into, this time of change and turmoil and tumult and kingdom expansion. I don't wanna make it sound like it's gonna be horrible. I think for us as Christians, it's gonna be a tremendous time because we're gonna see God do some mighty things. So how can we overcome these problems, and how can we prepare ourselves Well, the day of Pentecost gives us part of the solution here. And there are three things regarding the Holy Spirit that we need to get today. The first one is we need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to get filled with the Holy Spirit and we need to keep getting filled with the Holy Spirit. For a long time, many people thought, well, you get filled one time and that's, you know, it's one and done, but that's not the case. Uh, I've seen people who, who said they got filled with the Holy Spirit. They're the most mean-spirited, awful people I've ever met. And I think, well, I don't know how much Holy Spirit is there. But we need to get filled repeatedly because we leak. Every time we sin, kind of the Holy Spirit steps away a little bit. And we need to get filled with the Holy Spirit both within us and upon us. Many people don't realize, and I'm not gonna teach on this, preach on this today, but many people don't realize there are two infillings of the Holy Spirit. There's the one that happens in John after Jesus rises from the dead. He breathes on the the disciples and say, receive the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. That was the Spirit working within them. And then there was a Holy Spirit that comes upon them to empower them for ministry. Within is about character, Upon is about power to do ministry, the ability to do ministry, and we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in both ways. So we need to get filled with the Holy Spirit because getting filled with the Holy Spirit leads to freedom. For you are called to freedom, brothers, what Paul says. Only don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So the Holy Spirit, when we get filled with the Spirit, we get free. We get free from sin. We do sin, but you don't have to. And you can repent and turn away from it. You need to get free from self. You know, it's very interesting to me that a lot of people, though I don't want to follow Christ because I want to be free. I want to be free. And it's so funny how these people who want to be free act like everybody else. You know, they dress like everybody else. They do the same kinds of sins as everybody else does. Oh yeah, I'm free. That's an illusion. And it's really interesting how in the Bible, the Spirit sets us free but he sets us free to become bond slaves. He sets us free to serve. So we need to get free from sin. We need to get free from self. We need to get free from this slavery to the world. You know, you don't have a choice of whether or not you're gonna serve. Your choice is who you're gonna serve. And we need to get free from Satan. For freedom, Christ has set us free, so don't return to a yoke of slavery and when we get filled with the holy spirit we get power we get power as jesus said you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem in judea samaria and to the ends of the earth when the holy spirit fills us up we get power we get the power to see it's only by the holy spirit that we can begin to see our part of god's bigger picture It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can begin to see how the Spirit is working in the world, how the Father is working because the Father is always working ahead of us. He's always there before us. We get the freedom, we get the power to serve, to serve one another. As Paul says, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. God gives us gifts of the Holy Spirit so we can serve one another. We get power to speak, to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. We get power to be strengthened in our inner being. That's Paul in Ephesians chapter three. So we need to get filled with the Holy Spirit because we'll get freedom, we'll get power, and we'll get some transformation there as well. Now the Lord is the Spirit, Paul says, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all love that verse. We don't often read. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is within us, we start to get transformed more and more, like Jesus Christ. That means there's gonna be some refining that happens because we all have things that God wants to correct and to fix. That means we're gonna spend some time returning to the Lord because we'll all tend to wander away. That means that the Holy Spirit will be refreshing us because we all get weary, we all get tired, and the Holy Spirit will be restoring us because, as I said, we all leak. So we need to get filled with the Holy Spirit, but we need to understand that filling of the Holy Spirit will lead to freedom, to power, and to transformation so that we can live boldly, for Jesus Christ. That's the first thing we need to get from the Holy Spirit. How do you get filled? You ask. Easiest thing to do. You know what the thing that drives Karen crazy? I mean, this is, drives her up the wall. If I'll, I'll say, you know, like, oh, you know, my glass is empty. I'm terribly thirsty. Oh, if only someone would give me a drink. And I can see kind of the smoke starting to come out of her ears. Because she's just like, Rod, if you want something, ask me for it. And God says, don't play games. If you want the Spirit, ask me for him and I will send him. But understand, he's God. So it's dangerous. You know, at least I'm reasonably safe, knowing what I'll get when I ask Karen for something. But with God, you never know, you never know. So we need to get filled with the Holy Spirit, because getting filled with the Holy Spirit will lead to us getting released by the Holy Spirit. So we need to get released by the Spirit. Those who are filled with the Spirit are released by the Holy Spirit. We're released into devotion to the church. And we often don't notice this, that where it led, Acts 1.8, you'll receive power. Uh, uh, Acts 2.1, the Holy Spirit falls. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves, it led to the church. It led to the church. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done. We read that earlier and notice what it says there at the end and the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. You know, one of the reasons why we don't see God adding to our number day by day, those who are being saved is because a lot of people who get filled with the Holy Spirit don't get into the church. They don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead them into full engagement with the church of Jesus Christ, but what the church needs are people filled with the Holy Spirit engaged with the life of the church. We have what's called the devotion quotient, and that is, how devoted are you? They devoted themselves. That meant they spent a lot of time, energy, and resources in their life in these areas. The apostles' teaching, the fellowship, hanging out together, sharing life together, breaking of bread, which many believe talked about worship, sharing the Lord's Supper, and prayers. And as they devoted themselves to these things, it led to a genuine church community rising up, not in just one central place, but in homes and many places all across the city of Jerusalem. And we need to see that here in London. That's how people in London are gonna be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And genuine church community is always expansive community. We're always looking, who can we ask in? How can we grow? How can we expand ourselves? It never focuses in on its own little group. It's also very practical community. I've been really blessed here the last couple of weeks by people just rising up to help Feli get some stuff moved here. Uh, into Chelsea and and rising up just to do practical things in the life of the church. The guys at uh, City Temple have been doing a lot of great things uh, and many others. I mean, I could just, I could list uh, this last week, uh, some work was happening out in the garden uh, and just all kinds of, it's practical community. And that's a result of the growth of the community and it's joyful community. That's why people wanted to join it because they saw the joy. They saw what was happening, and the Lord said, hey, listen, these people are gonna take care of my little kids. You know, who will you put your babies with? You know, would you go out and pick some homeless person off the street and say, hey, I need a, I need a babysitter. Would you come into my house and babysit my kids for a few days? No, we wouldn't do that. You wanna make sure that your babysitter Uh, follows your your vision, your values. They'll treat your children like you would treat your children and perhaps even better. And that's what God's looking for as well. So we need to get released into an engagement, a full engagement to the church. We also need to get released into servanthood. We are serving God and others. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil but living as bond slaves of God. That's what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2. We are to live as slaves. We're set free to be servants. But when the Holy Spirit releases us, he releases us into that servanthood. He releases us to minister to other people. You know, I'll, let you t- I'll tell you here at City Temple, you don't need my permission to minister to somebody else in this church. You don't need it. You don't need the permission of the elders. Let's just follow the Holy Spirit and honor Jesus. Now, there's certain things you'll need permission for, but we'll cover that in a little bit. We got we're released to use our spiritual gifts, as each has received a gift. Peter says, "Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace." And as being released in the servanthood also means that we are released to do acts of service without return or reward. One of the biggest issues is a lot of people want some payback for what they do. They want a sense of reward. They want a sense of return. That's why a lot of people give to God. And it's so funny that for so long many other pastors have bought into that and they say, well, you know, if you give God your tithe then he's going to bless you and give you a lot more. Well, that's... Counter to the Bible. It says, but now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code, Romans chapter seven. So we're released into that. We're released as well into doing good works. We're released into good works. You don't need permission to do good. And when you're released by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit starts releasing you to do good works. And I'm talking not just about good works in the church, I'm talking about good works wherever you are. Whether you're a business owner, uh, you're an employee, you're a student, whatever you do, wherever you are, God has released us into good works. As Paul says, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. If you want to know how to do good works, learn three questions. Question one, how can I help? How can I help? Question two, how can I benefit you? How can I benefit you or how can I bless you? And three, how can I do good here and now? We spend too much time thinking about what we might do tomorrow. How can I do good right now? What good things can I do right now? So we need to get filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to get released by the Holy Spirit, and we need to get in step with the Holy Spirit. Walk by the Holy Spirit. We need to understand what getting released is not and what getting in step with the Spirit is because a lot of times we get them confused. Getting released is not doing your own thing, in your own way, in your own timing, under your own authority. That's anathema. You know, one of the besetting sins of the ministers of City Temple historically, going back 400 years almost, is so many of them tried to do their own thing, in their own time, in their own way, under their own authority. Or many times, they get a vision from God, and then they say, okay, God, thanks for that vision. Now I'll do it my way, in my time, in my authority. Nobody wants to wait. I mean, nobody wants to wait 21 years like we have to start working on a building redevelopment. That's a long period of time. We could be dead by then, right? But that's not getting released. It's not doing your own thing in your own way, in your own time, in your own own authority. And too much of the church today is filled with people who are doing that. So getting a step with the Spirit is doing God's thing in God's way, in God's timing, and in submission to the authority that God has designated. And a lot of times that third one is the one we struggle with. I know what it's like, I've been in ministries where I really didn't like the leader at all, and yet I had to submit, and that's hard. It's really, really difficult. We can share stories and war wounds sometimes, perhaps. So that's getting released, is doing God's thing in God's way, God's timing and submission to the authority God has designated. Getting released is not focusing on your own corner or your own limited perspective, or living independently. That's not getting released. It's not, oh, I've been released now, so I can just go and do whatever I want to do, and be my own self, and and bounce around from place to place, and group to group. Now, that's not getting released. Getting in step with the Spirit is allowing yourself to see the bigger picture, and choosing to submit within that framework. And it's allowing yourself to see the bigger picture, realizing that many times you're not the one with that picture, somebody else has it. Getting released is not the permission to keep starting new things. Golly, God save me from men and women who come to me and say, well, I feel called to start things. I feel called to start things. I feel called to start things. Every single person that I've encountered over the last 35 years that has said, I feel called to start things, has really been called more to mess things up and to cause problems and heartache and leave people hanging out to dry. Getting released is not that permission to just go wherever you want and start things. That's akin to the man who likes to go and sleep around and get a lot of women pregnant. Oh, he's the one that has fun. It's the woman that has to carry the baby to term and carry for what was impregnated there. That's where the real work is. And so enough of that, enough of that. Keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, getting in step with the Holy Spirit means remembering that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He starts and he finishes. It's remembering that we are called to finish things as well. If you're going to start something, then finish it. Go to the place where you can carry it on, or at least until, like a child, it grows up so it's old enough to start taking care of you later on. We are called to finish. So now finish doing the work as well, Paul says, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. If you desire to start something, then you better be desiring to complete it. Otherwise, it's not God. Getting released by the Spirit is not building your own church or your own platform or your own group or your own ministry. Not doing that. Getting in step with the Holy Spirit means that you plant and water alongside other Christians, sharing in the ministry God empowers so that God grows God's church, beginning locally and moving translocally. That's what it's all about. What then is Apollos? What is Paul, Paul said? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. Only God who gives the growth. We need to get in step with the Holy Spirit. But you'll only be in step with the Holy Spirit if you get released by the Holy Spirit. You'll only be released by the Holy Spirit if you get filled with the Holy Spirit. But thanks be to God None of this is rocket science, as they say. All of this happens by grace through faith. Every bit. We're saved by grace through faith. We receive the Holy Spirit by grace through faith. We are released by the Holy Spirit by grace through faith. We keep in step with the Holy Spirit by grace through faith but all by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, who loved us and died for us and rose from the dead and who along with the Father has sent the Holy Spirit here today with us. Change is coming, turmoil is coming, challenges are coming, God's kingdom expansion is coming and we, his people, have to get ready. Let's get ready today by simply asking God to fill us with his spirit right here and right now. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you asking that you would fill us yet again with your Holy Spirit, both within us and upon us, within us so we can become more like Jesus and upon us so that we can do the work that Jesus did and the apostles did in the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord God, as we open our hearts and our minds to you. Fill us and keep on filling us, Lord, because we leak. Lord, as we come to you, we choose to plug those leaks right now by saying, Lord, we confess that we have sinned. But we also thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and to fill us afresh and anew. And we pray that you would do that today. Lord, let us be a church that gets filled with the Spirit, that gets released by the Spirit, that gets in step with the Holy Spirit, And let us continue to be filled with the Spirit, continue to be released by the Spirit, and continue to keep in step with the Spirit. All for the glory and honor of Jesus. And thank you that you do that for us out of your abundant grace through faith in Jesus, faith that you've given us, that you've empowered by grace through faith. And by grace through faith, we come to this table. We come to this table to be filled in our bodies, even as we're filled in our spirits, to remind us that the Jesus who died on the cross for us, whose body was broken and his blood was shed there, that this very same Jesus is the Jesus who lives in us by the power of his Holy Spirit and connects us by the power of the Spirit with one another we thank you for that. And we thank you for that reality. And we embrace that reality, even as we embrace the reality of this bread and this cup. I pray, Father God, that you bless this bread and this cup so that they would be for us truly the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken and shed on the cross. Use this bread and this cup and everywhere we're meeting on Zoom and, and everywhere use it to strengthen our faith, to renew our hearts and to remind us that just as we drink in this cup, we drink in your Holy Spirit, but even in a greater measure than could ever be contained in a cup. And as we drink in your Holy Spirit, Lord God, thank you for the promise of Jesus that out of us will flow rivers of living water, I pray that that would happen as we go out from this place into the communities around us. We love you, we worship you, and we thank you for this time. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wonder if I could get Marcos and Holy.